Hi, Diane. I'm about to record a podcast. 7 o'clock p.m. 7.20 p.m. to be precise. Uh, and I'm joined here with Molly, your friend and mine. Uh-huh, hello. And uh, with Luke. It's a really good Dale Cooper impression you got going. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to do this to her. <laughs> I, I did fake hold a tape recorder in front of my face, which probably isn't great for recording. My favorite part of this episode is when uh, Agent Cooper picks up his tape recorder and goes, Hi, Diane. <laughs> Listen, Does I he, was like, just trying to... shit back to her constantly? Well, you know, who can say? Ashley, I'm sorry for opening this new podcast by roasting you. You're one of my dearest friends in the world, and I love you. We changed this because we wanted to have a better time, and I was so excited to talk about this. <laughs> and now, and look now... what you've done. Uh, I'm a All fool. Right. Bye, I guess. No, this... Ashley, no. Yeah. Rip. Oh, and now Ashley's I... dead, and we have to investigate her murder. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Yeah, what's it, what's wrong with this man? A lot of things are wrong with this man. I think that might just be how he talks. I, you know, I think I'm gonna ask what is wrong with this man a lot over the course of this podcast. Yeah. Look, hey, what have you, have you done? Gonna be a long one because this is a double length episode. Do we want to skip yeah. the normal bullshit at the start? We might need to skip the normal. We we're cutting questions. We're cutting the bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, mostly because I don't have anything interesting to talk about, so it would really help me out. <laughs> Ashley, yeah, do you have I, anything? Not really. Uh, I don't think I do either. I haven't done anything this week. It's, I've been busy. Yeah. Twin fucking peaks. Twin peaks! Uh, the cinema. Mo- Molly, what's, what's your past experience with Twin Peaks? I've never fucking watched Twin Peaks. Okay, great. Yeah. Ashley, what's your past experience with Twin Peaks? Uh, I've watched about five episodes of Twin Peaks and then kind of stopped, not for any particular reason, just because Yeah, uh, there's something else I wanted to watch, yeah, and yeah. then I just kind of never came back to it. Totally. I've got a million things like that. I, um, like, probably five years ago now, I mentioned to my dad that I'd never seen Twin Peaks. He was like, oh, no, that show's great. You would like that a lot, actually. Here, let's, uh, it starts with a movie. I think he thought the pilot was a movie because it's an hour and a half long. He was under the impression ah. this was a theatrical film that then got spun off into a TV show because it was so popular. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought he showed you the actual movie. Well, no. I'm getting to that. <laughs> okay. Yes. So in his mind, right, Twin Peaks started as a movie. So let me look up the Twin Peaks movie, and we'll start with that. And uh, he showed me Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, a Difficult film to grapple with, even if you're already familiar with Twin Peaks. Um, it is, I don't think it's a spoiler to say the premise of the movie. It follows Laura Palmer prior to this first episode. Sure. So, literally every detail of the mystery gets revealed in that movie, ah. including stuff that, like, you maybe didn't see directly on the TV show ever. Sure. Um, and again, also just. A lot of challenging directorial decisions, acting decisions. I've come around on that movie over the years, but it's it can be hard to watch going in blind. And both me and him are like, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm sorry. I don't think I remember Twin Peaks being better than this. I don't know what this is. Jesus. <laughs> and then like a few months later, I was like, all right, well, 
I'll try watching it myself, I guess. This show is okay. And then I kind of fell off. And then um, the, uh, like, season three happened. And I was like, okay, everyone's talking about that. That sounds cool. I'm going to go back and actually watch Twin Peaks. I like Twin Peaks. I think the old show, pretty good. I enjoy it. I really like the movie. And honestly, the main reason I really pushed to do this was because of how much I fucking love season three. Okay. So, you know, that that's where I'm coming at it from. This, this though, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, th- this fucking first episode absolutely fucking rips, so... Yeah, no, this yeah. is a great this first is... episode. I-, I will say, I think this is maybe the first time that we have... Are dealing with, like, an auteur. <laughs> I mean, Patrick well, McGowan yes, because... a little bit I... a prisoner. <laughs> Patrick McGowan is not an auteur. Is he not? He was, like, the main creator and lead actor of that TV I, show. He's not I, I David s- Lynch. I understand that. I'm just saying. I, I was, if, if you let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, Ashley. I love to hear your thoughts about things. It's that, like, that Patrick McGowan is definitely someone who has, like, a lot of his creative input is on The Prisoner. Right. But when... If you think of Pat McGoon, you think of The Prisoner. If you think of David Lynch, you don't necessarily think of Twin Peaks first. You sure. think of David Lynch as a creative. Sure, definitely, definitely. He's He is a capital G guy. He's absolutely yes. a capital G guy. And I didn't know who Patrick McGowan was before we watched The Prisoner. No, that that's that's totally reasonable. I, that's the like most famous he ever was. Yeah, and, like, it's really great, and it's obvious, like, you know, from reading stuff about it and watching, like, making of documentaries, like, it's obvious that he has a very big hand in it. Right. But you're saying David Lynch, like, as a, like, persona, as, like, a, as a character in the world. He's also still doing yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He made that fucking I, I, NFT movie he did with just make NFTs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he's like, no, I'm releasing my new movie as an NFT in eight parts with the band Interpol. Sure, man. Sure. Yeah, yeah. fucking whatever. Yeah. I got nothing for this. Uh-huh. Bleh. Uh, bleh. Uh, but yes. So, uh, and I, uh, I was going to ask what your history with David Lynch is, because yeah. I have watched a few of his movies, have not liked... I'll say the majority of what I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Eraserhead, but it was more of like, it was kind of a, that was very interesting, but I don't need to ever watch it again. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like if there was one you'd like, you specifically would like it to be Eraserhead just because there's lots of cool puppets and stuff. Yeah, there's just a lot of <laughs> weird shit in that movie that like makes me feel super uncomfortable. Oh yeah, it's an upsetting film. Yeah, like, but in a way that I, I kind of liked and... I, I don't know, I just, his other stuff has not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna, um, I was gonna look up David Lynch just now, but that's probably a bad idea, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, what were you looking for? I don't know, I was just gonna look up the guy, but I feel like that's probably just unlocked, it's a big can of worms, probably. Probably, uh, yeah, I mean, fucking, he, like, started off as, like, a fine artist, and he still does, he, like, paints, and then yeah. he's told, talked about, like, yeah, one time I thought it'd be cool if my paintings could move, so I started getting into film and animation and stuff. Uh, and he made some animated, like, shorts that are not even really animated shorts. They're, they're like, if they were made today, they would have been, like, GIFs. They're weird. 
Okay. Um, and then he made like Eraserhead as like his thesis film for like I don't remember the school he went to it was some film school in Philadelphia. Uh, and then he's just made a bunch of movies since then. He made what like he made the original Dune movie. Uh, yeah. He made uh, he the Elephant Man. The Elephant which is, Man. Uh, probably his like most like mainstream success movie. Yeah, and it's definitely one of his like less David Lynchy movies. Oh uh, yeah, his last movie was Inland Empire. Yes, his last movie was Inland Empire, his most David Lynchy movie. Which is yes. which is also uh a uh Disco Elysium movie at the same time. Sure, yeah. Inland Empire yeah. is a three hour long movie with basically no like hard plot. Uh shot on a shitty digital camera and it's basically just Laura Dern having a mental breakdown for three hours. Alright, man, have at I kinda liked it. <laughs> people love that. You people eat his shit up, so Yeah, yeah. That one I feel um, like people are split on like, oh, this might be this might be a few a little too much candy. <laughs> might be getting sick eating this can much candy. Uh I do there's something in uh there's a short film that he uses in that called Rabbits, which I yes. do actually really love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like a web series he did in the mid-2000s that is like... It's staged like a sitcom, but all the actors are wearing rabbit fursuits, and like... It's like he wrote out the script and then randomized the order of the lines. Uh, and there's just horrible distortion on the other end of the phone. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah, and, like, there's just lots of, like, awful low rumbling sounds the whole time mixed with a laugh track. It's a weird so thing. So this is a thing you guys like. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't understand anybody who watches movies. <laughs> I just don't fucking get Please, it. Please, are, these aren't movies. This is, as you said, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, relevant for this, it, probably, he also made Blue Velvet, which... It's kind I've of a proto-Twin Peaks. It's got a lot of the same stuff, like, oh, here's a like, idyllic small town, but it's got a dark side, and Kyle MacLachlan's there, and he's gonna solve this murder, but he's is kind he of a weirdo himself, isn't he? What's that? Is he an FBI agent in that? No, he is a teenage boy who gets horny <laughs> for solving murders. Well, why would I watch that? <laughs> that sounds like shit. <laughs> I... A lot of people really like Blue Velvet. I'm kind of eh on it. I don't understand. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Blue Velvet was one I watched, and Lost Highway I watched. Yep, Lost Highway. I kind of like Lost Highway. Um, and then uh, yeah, yeah, um, Wild at Heart. I also didn't. That's like. one I haven't seen. Okay. Um. Also did Mulholland Drive, which is, like, one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, like, he is a... I feel like if you are someone who ha likes to discuss film... Yeah. You have an opinion on David Lynch, even if you've not seen a lot of his work. There's not a lot of other, like, directors that... um Are both as weird as he is and has managed to get as much budget thrown their way. Yes. Like, very different, like, thing of weird, but I would probably say Wes Anderson is probably the only one that got close. Yeah. And yeah. the Wachowskis. 
Yeah, but again, yeah, weird in a very different way. Yeah. Yes. Like, Wes Anderson and Wachowski movies make sense on, like, a, why someone would give money for that. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't know if the Wachowskis uh, do. I guess they made The Matrix, but then after Yeah, that, they I made The know. Matrix. <laughs> I know they made Speed Racer, and I do love that movie. I just don't know why anybody paid them for it. I just don't yeah. know how they got there. Yeah, I mean, listen, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, listen, I'll say I like Speed Racer a lot, but... Sure. Yeah, I, I guess, like, more compared to what David Lynch has done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but should we just get into Twin Peaks itself? Yeah, we can just get into Twin Peaks. Uh, because, yeah, th- uh, this is a hour and a half long episode, and I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I can kind of do the summarizing stuff here, since this is my show. That I picked, uh, but I'm gonna kind of like I don't want to jump too far in with like my own thoughts, just because you're both new to it. I don't want to like you know I don't want to color your perceptions uh, right off the bat. If this fucking video ever loads anyway, I'll tell you what happens right at the start. At the start, we get a very long intro sequence of a lumber mill. It's true. Does just happen. A, I, just some nice bass. Yeah, and then I, I think the first person we see is the owner of the lumber mill. Yeah, we see Josie Packard, like, doing her makeup in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, and then we see the fisherman, and I just noticed, and I wanted to call, that he, like, kisses his hand and, like, then puts it on his, I presumably, wife's ear. Yes. <laughs> he just kind of mushes his hand onto her those face. Two, those two, much like every couple in this town, don't like each other. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a very recurring thing on this show that, uh, yeah, everybody is cheating on everybody else. Yeah, I the thing I've always heard is that Twin Peaks, uh, depending on, like, where I've kind of heard it from, yeah. is either supposed to be or, like, a, a parody almost, or, like, a have elements of soap opera. Yeah, it gets called, like, a parody of soap opera stuff a lot, and I know that, like... David Lynch and Mark Frost, the other guy, like, the main guy behind this, uh, like, kind of balk at that. Like, no, fuck you. It's not a parody of a soap opera. It's just a soap opera that you like. It's fair. And, like, yeah, we have, like, jokes in it, and it's kind of self-referential sometimes, but no, it's just a it's just a dang soap it opera. It seems like, so far, it's mostly a show about people who need to get divorced. Oh, yeah. Yes, and that's <laughs> not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> If a divorce lawyer moved out to Twin Peaks, they would make a fucking killing. Yeah. Uh, they find it, a dead it, lady. It does, yeah, it does feel like uh, from the period of time uh, where divorce was much harder to get mm-hmm. uh, than it is now. A lot about this show, like, it was made in, like, 1990 or 1991 around there. And it was set, like, contemporarily. It feels like it's set in the 50s sometimes, though. Uh, mostly in that fucking diner. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, by the way, Ashley, um, Pete, the, the fisherman guy, uh, he's the guy from Eraserhead. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, this definitely feels like it, it is both a... You know, like, they're obviously talking about, like, oh, the small town and, like, how... Uh, it, you know, like, the, the dark secrets within. Yeah. But there is, like, 
the small town that they portray like has almost never existed. Yeah, yeah. Truly. Like, it definitely gets, you get told a lot, oh, this is just an idyllic, perfect, small town, anywhere USA type place, but it's got a dark secret. But, like, really, it just kind of sucks on its face. Like, you can immediately tell it sucks if you're not Cooper. Also, it the population is, like, 50,000. Is that a small town? Uh, is it 50? I thought it was 5,000. Pretty sure it says 50. I'm going back to this sign now. You're right. Population 51,000. That that's is not, not a small town. <laughs> that's not a small town. That's a that's a mid-sized huh. town. The town I'm from in California was, like, a 75,000 population town like when i uh early on when you know when i was a kid but yeah it's bigger now but like it's not a small town yeah no it's it's not a metropolis but no that is not a small town at all i almost feel like like the way that they have it i almost feel like that is like some like Fucking going like, eh, like, eh, like, how many people are in a small town? Uh, like, well, we're from LA, so yeah. I'm trying to think in fiction. Ah, uh, just Andy fucked up and painted the sign wrong, and we haven't gotten out there to fix it. <laughs> Is Andy the crying cop? Yes, he has uh, the crying Andy. cop. Yeah. I, listen, I I understand Andy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've so been Pete there, buddy. Going out fishing early in the morning, he says like a nice little. Like, poem line to himself as he smells the morning air. The foghorn blows slightly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then he turns around and sees a dead body wrapped up in a plastic tarp on the side of the river. Ah, dip. (laughs) That's no good. That's no good. He basically does just go, ah, beans. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so he has to run back inside, call the cops. We get to meet, uh, Lucy and Sheriff Truman. Lucy, delightful. Lucy's just doing her best. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, Lucy and Dale Cooper are already, like, established themselves extremely quickly. Yeah. That they're just, like, two extremely nice people. (laughs) (laughs) I just, she is explaining to the sheriff, okay, I'm gonna transfer this call to, like, and she's being just... Very elaborate and descriptive of which phone she's transferring it to. And then the phone rings and it is three feet away from him. Uh-huh. It's so funny. <laughs> this is it seems to be her thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I am my my main impression of this first episode is I'm surprised I've never heard anybody talk about this sheriff, because he seems like a very nice man. Yeah, yeah. I know I think he's he not just Dale kinda get, tends to get lost as like the the you know straight man. In this show a bit, but I agree with you. I like him. I, lo- I love a straight man. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the sheriff, along with Andy and the coroner, Dr. Hayward, uh, go out to investigate the body. And uh, Andy cannot control his emotions because it is a naked, bloody woman wrapped up in plastic. And he just starts sobbing uncontrollably and has to step away. And everyone's like, God damn it, Andy. Yeah. You're going to do this every time you see a dead naked woman? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. But then they turn her over and see who it is, and they all basically, they don't start sobbing, but everyone kind of loses it when they realize that the, the victim is Laura Palmer. Yeah, and he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have been so mean to Andy about this yeah. one. Can you still get that Funko Pop of dead Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic? Absolutely you can. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I have told you, but I have done. I have had a, like late night like looking at eBay and Amazon of how low does this need to get for this to be funny to send to you? <laughs> wow, you can't God, do that. Just just an incredible decision on uh, behalf of the the people at Funko Inc. Yeah, what the fuck are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> Because, like, that, the image of her, like, all blue is, like, very iconic. Yes. But <laughs> maybe not what you want to make merchandise off of. <laughs> right. Uh, but then, yeah, as soon as we see that Laura is dead, we cut to her house where her mom is, uh, like, shouting for her to come downstairs. And a lot of bummers here. A lot of bummers. Yeah, the whole first uh, half of this episode is just people learning that Laura's dead and then crying. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. It um, is rough. Yeah. Everyone in this town loves Laura. Yes. We, we figure that out real quick that Laura is just like, literally everybody has nothing but nice things to say about her. Um, yeah, she finds out that Laura's not home. We get a bunch of uh, creepy shots of the ceiling fan while she, like, searches around for her daughter. And uh, she calls up this f- weird general guy. Who's just Getting being massaged t- in the middle of his kitchen by his wife? <laughs> What's happening These two here? fucking weirdos. Why are they posing for a photo no one's taking? They really are. <laughs> Like, he is sitting with upsettingly good posture reading the newspaper while his wife gives him a neck massage. Yeah. Don't care for this. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But we find out that these are the parents of uh, Laura's girlfriend, Bobby. So uh, her mom is calling to see if they're together. I'm sorry, Laura's boyfriend, Bobby. I do need to be very specific about (laughs) that. Sorry, yes, Laura's boyfriend, Bobby. Excuse me. This dog... Every teenager... Every teenage boy in the show has to die. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. The, t- <laughs> the teenage boys on this show are ridiculous people. Every single fucking one of them dead. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, she doesn't know exactly where Bobby is. He leaves at 5 a.m. every morning to go jogging like a freak. <laughs> um, I think but, uh, yeah. that he does not do that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Also, the the wife, when she answered the phone, just picks up a pair of scissors and just is absentmindedly cutting. <laughs> yes, which I like. That's very relatable to me. I thought she was going to cut the fucking cord on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> just snip that cord and go right back to massaging her husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this was, this was inter- interrupting my uh, massage time. Uh-huh. You know, she was acting like such a weirdo at the beginning. She had to do something deeply relatable, like fidgeting with a random object to win me back over. (laughs) And by God, she did it. By God, she did it. Uh, And then we get a shot of Audrey leaving the uh, Great Northern to go to school. She's the rich girl. We know that because she gets in the back of a fancy car. Yeah. And that's all we see of her for now. That's all we see of her for now. Yeah. Because uh, then, um, yeah, then we go inside the Great Northern where... Um, yeah, they have that great waterfall. Yeah, that waterfall's Excellent sick. waterfall, yeah. That's some that's some good scenery right there. Uh, and yeah, the Great Northern, which I feel like I've been to hotels like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shit, I haven't. Like, especially, like, when I would go to, like, 
Ohio. There is a Ohio, yes. Um, there's a place called Das Dutch House. Mm-hmm. Um, Were there any Norwegians? It, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it had a very kind of similar feel. Obviously less, like, native imagery, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Great Northern is just, like, this huge hotel that's, like, it looks like a log cabin on the inside. It's like a big lodge. Yeah, it looks like what if Disney World had a, which I think they do, but, like, uh, a, like, cabin-themed hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're seeing uh, Benjamin Horn, who, I don't know, he's, like, the owner of the hotel, along with his lawyer, Leland Palmer, Talking about... Uh, oh, he's a lawyer? Yeah, he's like the oh, lawyer okay. for the hotel. Yeah. Uh, which is why he's like helping out with the contracts and stuff here. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they've got some kind of big business deal with a group of like Norwegian businessmen. Who I assume are going to buy land here. Oh, you, the sawmill is supposed to shut down next year. And right, yeah, they, they talk about how yeah, once the sawmill guys. runs out of uh, money and shuts down, they're going to buy up the land super cheap and then develop it into the Ghostwood Estates. Kind of sounds sick, uh, yeah, I'm th- not going to lie. This is a, like, town, like, a lot of, you know, supposed small town stories where they're about to lose their main, the, you know, the, the factory that employs everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of seems like you either work for the lumber mill or you work for the Great Northern or, or you own a diner. gas farm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's also, yeah, the, the diner and the gas station. But, uh, yeah, in the middle of this meeting, uh, where Ben is just giving this big, you know, hokey business pitch. This guy uh, sucks. Yeah, Leland gets called away by the receptionist because his wife is calling to see if Laura is with him. And while he's on the phone with her, you just see the cops pulling up outside. It's such a great shot. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks so bad, but it's such a... Yeah, like, right as she says, like, oh, she didn't go with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I yeah, I feel like it must have just taken a while to get the timing right. When Definitely. he's, um, yeah, yeah. when he is, like, telling his wife, like, why Laura's probably fine... Uh, and she's like, no, I checked all those things. And then he goes, oh, Sheriff. And then she's like, starts freaking out. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, people already know that they're about to get the news they're about to get. Yeah. And, yeah, she's just Which is weird a that they all know. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, like, like they, just freaking we, out on the phone. He is just, like, uh, just paralyzed as the Sheriff comes over to him and... Doesn't he? Never, the chef never even actually says what he's here to say. They just can tell. Yeah, yeah. And Ben comes I, out and asks him what's wrong, and he says his daughter's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like that the uh, sheriff just like blows by him to get to the front desk. Yeah, and then like realizes that he passes him. Right, right. Yeah, and like there is obviously a lot of like melodrama going here, but also it just kind of works. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an like, interesting way to like meet all the characters by seeing the ways that they react to this news. Yeah, yeah. Because like especially in this scene, you have Leland just uh, like I said, just being like frozen and then just kind of crumpling 
And then Ben comes out, and he's like, oh, dang, that sucks. Anyway. Anyway, I gotta go sell this yeah. fucking hotel. Yeah. And then we meet Bobby, who is the dog shit worst human being who's ever lived. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Bobby is worth, I think I hate James more. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck James. Bobby's a piece of shit. James is just the greatest weenie to ever walk this earth. <laughs> at the end of at the end of this episode, all of the teen boys will be in jail, and none of them should be allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, Bobby is at the uh, the diner. Um, Wilson. James is a rare kid that I feel like I could have I could bully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a third grader could bully James. The problem is nobody's bullying James. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and this child needs someone to beat the shit out of him. Actually, probably. I mean, he is being bullied by like Bobby and Mike. <laughs> no, he needs a good bully. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He needs someone to punch him in the face and tell him he's a pussy. (laughs) I remember talking to Julie, and she was like, listen, there are some kids that are just gonna get bullied. Uh And there are some where you're like, you kind of need it. (laughs) Some kids need... Listen, I would not be the person I am today were I not bullied. Sure. Was it fun? No. But I got there. See, I feel like for me... I got bullied a lot, but it wasn't for the shit I needed to be bullied for. No one was bullying me over the monocle. <laughs> that was, that was is nobody bullying me. I think they just kind of backed away slowly the over the monocle. You know what? Honestly, they see James. He's like, well, he's got a motorcycle. I just right. I guess I can't bully him for that. Uh huh. That's kind of but yeah, sick. Bobby's here at the diner having breakfast. Um, Shelly, the waitress, is also here. They just make fun of the other waitress that comes in late for uh, coming for in late. For being German she's... first. Well, being German and also uh, fucking her husband too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do that. Uh-huh. And she's like, really yeah, so hostile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, entrance. <laughs> Is her name Heidi, I think? Uh, Yes. Yeah. All we know about Heidi is that she lacks punctuality and she loves to fuck. (laughs) And she's German. And she's German. Good for her. Uh She's living her best life. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, we also briefly see Norma, who owns the diner. um, And uh, Bobby gives Shelly a ride home. And this is when we find out that they're fucking... We're, this is this episode is just a series of finding out who is fucking who. Yeah, uh-huh. I like that... <laughs> and it's never the person they're supposed to be fucking. No, never. That's... The one thing you can be assured of is that no one is fucking their spouse or partner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, Bobby is, you know, supposedly going out with Laura, and it's real great how he is just like... Like, what are you talking about? I loved her. Right. When the, the first introduction to him is him making out with someone else. Her. Yes. Uh, I like that it's extraordinarily obvious that he's flirting with Shelly, and then they leave together, and then they get in the car, and he goes like, I think Norma might know about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think dipshit? <laughs> Shelly's like, oh, no, she doesn't know anything. What do you mean? Why was like, Norma flirting with him? That's my question. I feel like Norma was just more being like, I don't know, playful. 
Kind of, but it sucks. Yeah. <coughs> uh, but yeah, Bobby is driving the her phrase, home. Shelly is uh, assuring him that her husband, Leo, is uh, nowhere near town. He's a trucker. She got a call from, like, Butte, Man- Montana last night. There's no way he could be home by now. He's home. He's yeah. home. Butte. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, every fucking line out of Bobby's mouth is, like, something he thinks is a cool one-liner, and it really isn't. <laughs> also, Bobby's an alcoholic, and he can't even buy booze. <laughs> That's also true. Like, when they're driving home, he's like, oh, no, baby, you're a three-stage rocket. A pocket rocket. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Drive into a tree. <laughs> yes, like like we've said, every single boy in this town needs <laughs> to die. die. <laughs> but uh yeah, like a horror movie sting, like music sting happens when they see the truck and he like freaks out, drops her off and just like does a U-turn. I think it's worth to saying that fair. it is a big rig truck. Yes. Yes. To be fair, when we meet the boyfriend the trucker husband later, yeah. I understand. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. They should kill that guy too. Yeah, oh yes. Most certainly. Yes. I'm I'm gonna have a long list. <laughs> uh then we cut to the morgue where they've brought Leland in because he has to ID the body. And uh, it's just more just seeing him go to pieces over his daughter being dead. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, they're like, hey, like, like I'm real, like, sorry. Like, we can, like, take a photo and, like, show. And he's like, no, I need to see what they did to my little girl. Yeah. Yeah. And he just walks in and just bursts into tears. It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. It's it's rough. Uh, and then we go... Uh, which, it's it's hilarious that, like, midway through, we're gonna get the happiest character of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, this is, like, the worst day of everybody's lives, basically. I also like the, um, the, like, coroner assistant, whatever this guy is, Jim, in the background of the scene, who's just, looks kind of awkward to be here. <laughs> He's like, oh, he Jesus, He never has rough. to do this. He never has to do this. Yeah, they yeah. seem like they have, like, a single-digit number of murders per they year. They talk about the last time somebody, like, being killed in this town was a full-ass year ago. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even a murder. He just kind of died. Yeah, he died in a barn or something. Yeah, it was. It sucked, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, then we cut to the high school uh, where we meet Donna Hayward, who is the, the coroner's daughter and Laura's best friend. A ray of sunshine on this show. Yeah, I like Donna. She's great. Yeah, yeah, Donna's great. We see a uh, rich girl um, changing shoes, so now she's in, like, red high heels. Hey, what's the yeah, deal with like, everybody staring at... Clo- Why are we looking at Audrey's feet all the time? <laughs> yeah, because when we first started, we got a close-up of, like, her sensible, like, school shoes, and now she's changing into some sexy red high heels. Ugh. Uh, she's got a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Audrey is that bitch. Yo, yes. <laughs> hey, what? I'm sorry, I paused and I did. Just, what the fuck is in Audrey's locker? <laughs> yeah, let me run back. She's Trying. got a lot going on in there. She's got like a... <laughs> oh, it's a Smokey the Bear ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I love I that just she doesn't just have, like, any old ashtray. It's just a little porcelain Smokey the Bear. It's a Smokey yeah, the Bear. Yeah, like, to pause, like, why is there, like, a figure in there? Uh-huh. Like, the fuck is going... Like, this show makes me ask what the fuck is going on a lot. Yeah. But, like... Sometimes I have to just sit and st- go, wait... What the fuck is going on? Yeah, this first episode's incredible because you ask that question constantly, but none of the, like... There's maybe 1% supernatural stuff going on in this first episode. I feel like it's almost no percents. Yeah, like, even... Yeah, even 1% is maybe generous. I'm thinking, like, the very last scene is a little, like... You know, something weird happens. It's just a lady screaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, then we meet, uh, we've talked about him already, Weenie Supreme himself, <laughs> James. Weenie Hut Jr. <laughs> James Hurley. James from Eidolon could beat up this James, and that's fucked up. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's got a cool leather jacket, and it doesn't do anything to sell you on the idea that he's cool. <laughs> the thing about James is that I, I, and I knew this immediately when I first saw him, but I thought it was too mean to say, but eventually when he showed up again later, I turned to Pris and I said, he looks like a fish. <laughs> he kind of looks like one of those blobfish. Yeah. You know, those really sad ones that, like, they're out of the water pressure or whatever, so they look fucked up. You're right. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Uh-huh. Yes. He kind of looks like that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry, James, teenager from Twin Peaks. Um, I'll say you're joining a uh, rich tradition of making fun of James from Twin Peaks. You know what? I found that out very quickly on Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, love this kid in the background who closes his locker and then shimmies out of the frame. Yeah, I was gonna say, if I was a character in Twin Peaks, I'd be that kid. That was me in high school. Yeah. That that kid could have been wearing a monocle. Uh, Exactly. We cannot tell if if he was wearing the shoes on his correct feet. Uh, (laughs) if, if a high schooler in a David Lynch movie had a monocle, I'd be like, yeah, that's a David Lynch thing to do. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should write uh, to David Lynch and be like, here's a couple looks you could try. Right. <laughs> David Lynch, get in contact with me to do wardrobe for your next movie. We'll start calling them Lynch looks. <laughs> for a very reasonable licensing fee. <laughs> you got the budget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby shows up to school. I've heard, I've heard some like him saying that he may eventually do another season of Twin Peaks. <laughs> He said that? He's very old. I feel like he needs to fucking shit or get off the pot on that. I, I feel like he, like, like if I die, I die. If I don't, I may make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they... Uh, Bobby gets there, and the principal wants to see him, and we get Bobby's dickhead friend. <laughs> yeah, we meet Mike. I'm sorry, I think you need to know his name is Snake. Oh, right, yeah, his nickname is Snake. Because <laughs> he's a cool guy. That's his name, his name is Snake. It's 1990, but he's still got cool 80s hair. Is this 1990? Uh, 90 or 91, yeah. Damn, dude. Uh, but yeah, That's Bobby all. gets called into the principal's office, he's being a dick about it, um... Donna and James are in class. Oh, we, we did miss James when he first shows up. Like, 
like touches uh, Don on the shoulders, like, "Hey, this is a nice day for a picnic, isn't it?" <laughs> Just James, weirdo. Yeah, he's but sucks. um, yeah, they're in class. They're taking attendance, and a cop comes in, and Donna and James both realize that Laura isn't here. And uh, I think Donna's acting as she realizes what the fuck is going on. Yeah, is really good. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Because you just you get the girl screaming outside. Yeah, which is like already like so weird, but like, like okay. And I then, very much like, was having a like. Why is that happening? Uh-huh. I get why it's happening, but why does she know? Yeah, she must have like been near the office <laughs> or something and just overheard a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just all the other kids are just sitting bored, and just Donna just is collapsing. James looks like a fish, but also looks like he is, like, struggling not to throw up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, like, the the acting on, like, the teacher as she gets told, and is like, oh, shit, I need to... Now, like, I have just received awful news, and I had to give awful news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Then we cut to the, you know, where Bobby's being interrogated, like, in the library. We meet Hawk for the first time, but uh, he's basically not in this episode. He's a, he's a, I recognize this dude. He looks the same, like, in the later seasons. He's the same guy. Yeah, pretty much. He's, he's got white hair, but. He just looks like the same man. That's all. Uh-huh. I don't know why I've seen images of this man, but I have. Yeah. He just, he's got one of those faces where it looks like it kind of aged prematurely, but then it stayed there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're at, like, interrogating Bobby about, like, where he was last <laughs> night, why he didn't go to practice. What's up? I'm, I'm sorry, I just got to the part, and I forgot that he did this, but oh. he says, uh, and I did go to practice because I didn't feel like it, then he goes. He pounds <laughs> the table and snaps his fingers at the cops. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> he thinks he's so cool. He thinks he's so cool. I, the guy playing Bobby, I feel, is, like, with, it with James, I can't feel if they are doing, like, a bit on purpose. Uh-huh. Or if, like, the actor is just, like, wildly miscast. Uh-huh. But with Bobby, I feel like he knows exactly what he is doing. Yeah, Bobby is 100% yeah. deliberate. I'm not sure. I, I feel like we're supposed to like James and think he's neat. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it is clear from moment one this guy's a just a dweeb. Oh, I agree. I'm just not sure if that's the intent. Yeah, I like I, I love like Bobby. Like when he arrives, he like fakes a crowd like cheering for him. Uh huh. It's like oh, I want it. Like that's a dickish teenager thing to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then uh, they finally let Bobby know that Laura is dead and he was the last one that anyone saw her with and he wasn't where he was supposed to be this morning i like his reaction where like he acts like he just gets like slapped in the face by it and it like takes him several minutes for like his brain to like process the information Mm -hmm. and like he just gets slowly like angrier and more violent as he realizes that they're like arresting him for killing her well, there's the part where, um, like, the sheriff comes in, he's like, okay, so these guys read you your rights, or what? 
And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you going to tell me why? He's like, well, you know, Laura's dead. Da, 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 da. And he's like, after like a full minute, he goes, wait, you think I killed her? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You shitty child. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, and then, like, immediately after, like, okay, we need, like, your, contact your parents so they can contact a lawyer, and, like, yeah, like, Bobby's, like, oh, shit, oh, god, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I have spent my entire, like, high school trying to be a bad boy, and it has come home to fucking roots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, then we get the, uh, the principal making the announcement about what happened and that uh, classes are being canceled for the day, but, you know, he wants everyone to join him in a moment of silence. He's, like, struggling to keep it together long enough to get through the announcement and then just, like, immediately hits the off switch and starts sobbing. Yep. Really good. Yep. Very good. Um, We Uh, see that, like, there's, like, three other girls all, like, trying to comfort Donna together. I I know that we are, like, just barreling through this and, like, I think it's needed, but I also just wanted... I just... I like this time I was kind of like waiting for the or like last time I watched it for the first time mm-hmm. I was like kind of waiting for like when Dale's Cooper's gonna show up uh-huh. um, and this time I was like really enjoying it so I got to like enjoy a lot more of like Bobby and yeah. Donna yeah, yeah, and I just really loved the uh, delivery of Bobby with like uh, I loved her and she loved me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean it. Yeah. We were doing great. <laughs> Neither yeah. of us was cheating on the, uh, the other one. Anyway, Donna crying for another 30 seconds. And then we cut to the yeah. mom crying uh, and Harry trying to ask her some questions. Yeah, the mom is like practically catatonic. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a thing from, um, uh, like, an interview with Grace Zabrinsky, who's the the actress that plays the mom, and she talked about, like, people, like, thought she was being funny in this episode, and she's like, I don't Wait, get what? why people... Because she's just being very, like... Uh, the Like, she's doing a lot of, like, random screaming, and just, like, really just... She's reacting the way someone might actually react if their daughter died, and not doing, say- like... Yeah. I would be very normal crying. if my daughter died, actually. Yeah, and she's like, I just think people didn't know how to handle <laughs> that, like, level of, like, vulnerability and just, like, took it as, like, a parody or something, and I don't, that's weird to me. No, I'd- when she's screaming on the phone, it's very, like, uncomfortable, but it's because it's very real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I, the way that she, like, goes in between, like, pulling herself together so she can answer questions and, like... And then just, like, as soon as that, like, ha- like she can let that up or she, can, like, breaks a bit, it just all goes away again. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, when yeah, she hears like, everybody upstairs. And she's like, yeah. yeah the part where, like, yeah, it cuts back her. to, like, that shot of the upstairs and she just, like, hears a footstep. It's like, oh, God, who's up there? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not her, is it? Okay. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is someone who is, like... Just full of, like, the only thing they can think about is this awful fact that they have been, that has, like, been visited upon them. And also, like, every so often a fleeting thought of what if this, what if it isn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
And then we see, yeah, Hawk is up in Laura's bedroom with Leland and is just kind of picking through stuff to see if he can find any clues. He finds, like, her diary. I just like the, the exchange where Leland just like, oh, do, you, do, you, do you gotta take her diary? All right. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I like, it's a good little bit of acting. Yeah. Um, Listen, man, yes, video we do camera. have to take her fucking diary. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I know this sucks, but I bet there's clues in that thing. Yeah. They also find yeah. a video camera. They do find a video camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, right, while they're interviewing um, her mom, uh, they get a phone call uh, that someone, uh, like, reported Renette Pulaski missing, right? That's what the yes. phone call's about? Yeah. Yeah, Renette. Yeah, right. She didn't show up to school either. Um, so now they're worrying that this is, like, a double murder. Yeah. Um. Which I had no, by the way, I had no idea about this part of it. I'm like, god damn, two of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, just the way that it's, uh, it's real fucking good and heartbreaking when she talks about the last word she has said to her. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, Grace Zabrinsky, really good actor. Yeah, I was also like thinking, I was like, is this probably the best, like, like the thing that we've covered that has maybe the best acting? Like, the prisoner would be the only. Yeah, and the prisoner is such a different style of acting that it's hard to yeah. compare it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I think yes by default, but it's because we haven't watched a lot of stuff with acting. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, just because the prisoner is so, like, theatrical and, like, over the top deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're in the lot, we're in the sawmill now. Yeah, and, um, Josie and Catherine, uh, Pete's wife, are fighting because Josie wants to shut the mill down for the day because Renette Pulaski is the daughter of one of the workers here, and with everything happening, you know, she just thinks it's appropriate. Might I just say? Yeah. Luke, you messaged me on Twitter.com and ah! said, you think by the end of the season... Uh, I will love Catherine. I think you uh, will. <laughs> currently, I think she is the dog shit worst person on the planet. I mean, yes, she's a monster. Unless she starts being a fun monster. <laughs> I think she starts being a pretty fun monster. All right, all right. I'm just saying, right now, it feels uh, like a long way to go. <laughs> uh, Yeah, but... um. Yeah, I Josie thought, just, uh, I thought because they were talking about the sawmill being shut down at the beginning of the episode. You thought this I was, was like, like oh, this the is shutting it. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's this what is just, I yeah, thought. Her, yeah. And I was like, this is just for the day? And you're throwing a fit? You're firing <laughs> dudes? You fired a guy? Yeah. Because <laughs> after she loses that fight because Pete sides with Josie. She just kind of walks outside, and there's just a random guy standing around, and he just, she just looks at him. What's your name? You're fired. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. I hate this woman. Uh-huh. Josie's got a great look. Yeah. She does. Uh, then, smash cut to a bridge somewhere, where Renut Pulaski is, like, in shambles, just uh, limping, like, down a train track. Yeah. Uh, shout out to this old man who says, what the hell? yeah this random old guy in suspenders with his little water pump yeah 
He's just I, having a normal one, and then he turns around, and uh, this girl <laughs> that looks like she just dragged herself out of hell just comes stumbling up to him. Yeah. And it is, like, throughout this, like, and I don't know if this changes. I don't think it does from what I've watched. Like, the fact that no one talks about her. Yeah, Renette is not a major character. Shame. Which I, yeah, it, it's a shame, but I also think, like, there is something to that. Mm-hmm. Of, like, everyone becoming, like, so hyper-focused on Laura. Yeah. That they forget the other victim. Right, Is Renette right. also a sex worker? Uh, no, she was a high schooler like Laura. Was she? Okay, I wasn't sure because of the that magazine they find I in the mean, safety deposit box. You know, this is maybe jumping ahead. Maybe Laura was doing some sex work, and that's why she's got that magazine. Okay, but Ronette was in it. Right. Right. So, yeah, so yes, yes. So they're okay. both sex workers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, the thing you gotta know about Twin Peaks, Molly, is it's a, it's a charming, small little town, but maybe it's got a dark side. I've heard about this. Um, I guess the thing I am trying to suggest is that nobody cared that the sex worker got attacked. But I don't think anyone if, knew Renette was a sex worker. All right, fair enough. I don't know. It, yeah. I guess um, we'll find out. We'll find out. I don't necessarily remember that particular subplot super clearly. <laughs> I believe that that was like as big a surprise to everybody. All right, fair enough. I don't want to think about it right now. We'll, That's fair. We will simply move on. We'll simply move on. James uh, pulls up to Big Ed's gas farm so we can meet Big, Big Ed's Ed. Big Ed's gas farm. Love love that it's called the gas farm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and also, you know what, Ed? You're all right. Ed's an all right guy. He just seems like he's trying to be a dad. Yeah. To yeah. all these kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, yeah, he, we later learned that he is also cheating on his wife, but uh, you know. he seems like the nicest about it. <laughs> yeah. Also, his wife is, like, a ridiculous stereo, like, a parody of, like, yes. a shrieking harpy of a wife. Yes. Uh, so, Nadine know. is just, she's uh, this very, like, mean-seeming lady with an eye patch who just screams at him all episode about hanging drapes for her. Yeah. And seems completely oblivious, if not indifferent, to the fact that a teenager got murdered today. I don't. I don't know if she even hears about it. Yeah, she I don't think she cares. Drapes. She's focused on these drapes. She is a goal-oriented person. They are going to be ready by eleven, and if they are not hung by nine, I swear to fucking god, I will kill you, Ed. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't care if you got to run the gas farm. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, James just like gives Ed a note to give to Donna. He's like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get on my bike and ride. I gotta get and out of like, here. Well, Dad. that would have been a cool thing to say if you were anybody else, but you'll get there someday. I bet. Deep down, he knows he, James he will never get there, he but he's trying to be encouraging. Yeah, and he's also like, Laura was the one. All right, well. Okay, man. You have fun All with right. that motorcycle now. <laughs> You'll be kissing another girl by the end, by of, the this end day. of this day. <laughs> so true. Uh, and then finally, we get the introduction of everybody's favorite boy. Dallas Cooper. Everybody's... Is his name Dallas? Favorite. No. Oh, okay. Uh, FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper. He's chilling. He's chilling. He's just driving his car. He's uh, like looking at a notebook and working a tape recorder while driving. Not a good call, <laughs> but you know, here we are. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
Uh, yeah, and he's just, yeah, he's talking to Diane on his tape recorder about, uh, like, where he went to for lunch. You know, he's giving her... Now, yeah. I have a quick question. Yeah. Are we going to meet a Diane, or, or alternatively, is Diane the name of the tape recorder? <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm trying to think of how to answer that question. <laughs> you don't have to answer that question. That's okay. like, fine. We'll get there. It's fine. Is Diane the name of the tape recorder? Diane is not the name of the tape recorder. Fuck. Okay. Well, all right. It, it would be great if, like, like one of the final shots is just, like, a close-up of the tape recorder, and you just, like, see the brand name is Diane. It'd <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. be really yeah. good. I do think that was, like, a popular theory for a long time. They're like, oh, yeah, Diane doesn't exist. He's just, t- like, it's an excuse for him to talk to his imaginary friend or whatever. You know. Yeah. Which, you know, like, Deadly Pernation, they took to, like, the next level. Right, uh-huh, yeah. With Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Cooper meets up with Sheriff Truman back at the morgue and uh, has, like, this whole spiel with him. Like, we find out the reason he's here is because Renette technically was like a mile over Across the state, state lines yeah. to Oregon, which means it's a federal case now. So the FBI yeah. can get involved. Oh yeah. I forgot this was Washington. Yeah. 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 I, I like, that was a thing that I remembered from when I watched It's like, yeah, there's like some like weird technicality of why the FBI is involved. Right. Right. And Schumann explains that he's grateful for that because this is some fucked up shit that their little police department's not really equipped to handle. Uh, and Cooper is immediately like, gives him a whole bit about, okay, we got to get this up. You know, I got to establish this. I'm the boss now. You got to do what I say if you don't like that uh, tough shit, man. And, and just like, I didn't, I just told you I was happy you're here. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine. I just told Truman you I'm like, happy to have I, you bossing. I, I do, yes, I do like that. Uh-huh. Um. It's, you know, uh, it's them kind of getting ahead of, like, the whole, like, oh, this is my jurisdiction, but, oh, this is my town. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's just like, you know, no, 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 Two people almost got murdered. So, no, I think this is fine. You could come in and do whatever you want, man. Right. Uh, and then this. Cooper immediately short circuits the conversation by just, he just loves these fucking trees. Listen, sir. Doug- Douglas first. Now, like, he changes the subject twice in, like, two seconds between, like, wildly different topics. Because, yeah, he gets into the jurisdictional thing, then he asks about the trees, and then, like, he has not fully cleared away his glee about the trees before he's like, I'd like to speak to, the, I'd like to check out the Can dead get girl. get a coroner's report on the, yeah. on the yeah. dead girl? The, the number of times he refers to her as the dead girl is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. A little sad, but, like, I get it. <laughs> It's definitely, like, everybody up till now has this very, like, intimate connection to Laura. Like, yeah. they know who this person is. They have feelings about her. And now Cooper's just coming in. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, the fifth corpse I've had to look at this week. What's up? Yes, hello. I keep looking um, under their fingernails for weird shit. Yeah, he he sees Renette, who's basically in a coma. Um, and, yeah, tries to inspect her fingernails. Uh, does not explain why. She starts talking in her sleep about what happened, and Cooper is, like, trying to press her for details, but, like, she's not capable of actually hearing him yeah, or anything. Like, they are, like, kind of implying that she has been, like, fucked up so bad that, like, she cannot, like, she, 
she may never like be fully conscious again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's definitely like a moment with Cooper where, like, he's being a little bit of a dick here, and the doctor is trying to be like very compassionate and like, like, hey, yeah, you need to lay off of her. She's like not even really conscious. Like, the doctor is like stroking her hair and like trying to calm her down, and Cooper is just like trying to interrogate her when she's not in that state, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, um, Cooper and the sheriff get into an elevator with, uh, a one-armed man. That's not important. Uh, is and he then a one-armed Dr- Yeah, the guy who gets off the elevator, uh, he only has one arm. Big beard. Yeah, big beard, too. Um, and, uh, we also meet... Dr. Jacoby at this point. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> uh-huh. He is a... Uh, sci- I think he's a psychiatrist and yes. a psychologist, because why not be both? Yeah. Uh, he's just got big old earplugs in his ear for no established reason. <laughs> yeah. He, they don't even look like earplugs. They look like he just pulled corks out of a wine bottle and just stuffed them in his damn ears. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And Which I uh, guess that's earplugs, but... Yeah, sure. But uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, Laura was a patient of mine. Uh, oh, but <laughs> your parents didn't know about that. He has a hula girl on his tie. Yes. And yes. there's like, and she's, and it has like a movable skirt, and he just keeps rubbing her crotch the whole time. God, I didn't notice that. You're totally uh-huh. right. Especially when he's talking about uh, Laura. Laura. Yep. Yeah, God, what a creep. Nasty motherfucker. I hate this guy. Yeah. I, d- I, yeah. I like uh, that Harry is just immediately like, I need to get the fuck away from this dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even Cooper's just like, yeah, no, I agree. We do need to get the fuck away from this dude. <laughs> I just love that he's like, well, can I, would you guys mind if I accompanied you to the to the autopsy? And he just goes, yeah, I would. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck? And he's like, well, well, I, I thought I could be some help. I mean, maybe, but not right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sir, you're a psychiatrist? Yeah, like, Cooper is, is, like, has been, like, very weird and, like, not, like, off-putting, but, like, kind of what you were saying, Luke, of, like, just, like, going in between, like, glee and, like, very confrontational. Yeah. And, like, ways that kind of, like, don't make sense with what people are saying, but, like, his him saying... Why would you want to? It's like yeah. the most yeah. genuine. <laughs> That's only the most human he is in this opening bit here. Um, but yeah, they go into the morgue to uh, inspect Laura's body. Um, the light is no longer working in here. It's mm-hmm. like flickering really shittily. <laughs> M- must be a, a transformer. I think it's uh-huh. a transformer. And uh, yeah, he's checking out her fingernails again, and he finds what he's looking for. And he uh, asks the like technician to leave, and then he says, "Jim, uh, oh, okay, Jim, please leave." Yeah, you, you, I, I, I messaged that exchange to you, and you, it's a, it's a kind of like famous trivia bit from this first step. Yeah, because I think what it's, I think the script was like Cooper was like, "Hey, you, what's your name, Jim? Get out of here!" And Kyle McLaughlin fucked the lineup and just skipped down to, "Hey, can you please leave?" And the other actor got flustered and just said the line he was supposed to say. Sure. Uh, and then they just watched it back like, well, this makes no sense. I love it. Let's leave it in. <laughs> I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I know Molly, you said that you couldn't watch this scene. I just watched yeah. it right now. It was much less gross than I thought it was. Yeah. But I was gonna ask Luke. Yeah, uh, it's it's rough, but I can I can stomach it as he reaches these tweezers in to. Uh, yeah, I just know that like that is like a thing for you is fingernails. I have a problem with fingernail stuff. Um, I will say, you know, the the thrust here is that he finds a letter under this fingernail, and this is the clue that this is part of a uh, serial murder case that he's been working. We will eventually see another fingernail scene that I cannot watch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's much worse than this one. Uh-oh. Don't care for that. Yeah. Press watch this. I covered my eyes. She's told me it was over. Yeah, yeah. I'm no fine. thank you. <laughs> but no yeah, he finds just a little teeny slip of paper with the letter R printed on it. It looks like it looks like he cut out a piece uh, like a like a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not like full ransom size, like small, little, no, tiny, yeah, right. like 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 regular print. Yeah, um, Harry's like, you gotta tell me what the fuck is going on here, and he's like, yeah, I got a he lot gets, to tell you. He gets so excited to start talking that he again is like, what's her name? Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, listen, he hasn't been able to talk to anybody about this fucking murder case, <laughs> right? He's tracking a guy. Yeah, but then uh, we cut to Donna, who's shown up at the gas farm looking for James. And uh, Ed gives her the note, which just says, like, meet me at the roadhouse at after 930. <laughs> Shittiest note in history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. Like, yeah, like, also Cooper is like, make sure to give this to Albert, not Sam. Like, Albert seems brighter on this. Yeah, yeah. Do yes. not let Sam in on this. He sucks. I, I just like, oh, there's like a whole, like inter-office like yeah, yeah. life that it, we're I don't think we're ever gonna see yeah uh-huh but uh yeah so Donna's at the gas farm she gets the note and then Mike drives up and we learn that Snake is uh Donna's boyfriend for some reason yeah for some fucking reason she can do yeah. so much better yeah she's not going to by the end of this no <laughs> she's got honestly she's gonna downgrade now, I I understand where you're coming from with that. No, I know. I, this is not a downgrade. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I hate them. Listen. I just... Yeah, go ahead, Ashley. Like, there must just truly be no good boys. There's no right. boys in this town. Yeah. No good boys at all. But None. He, she would be do better with the dude who, uh, like, danced across the screen. <laughs> At least he's having fun. Yeah, yeah, he's having a good time. Um, but yeah, so then we cut back. Oh well, yeah, we get a little bit with like he's yelling at her to uh like come with him or whatever, and she just they fight and he drives off and she's just like, Oh dang, I I can really pick him, huh? And then it cuts to Nadine screaming out some more drapes, and Edge is like, Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, Donna, let me tell you something about this town. You, you marry one person and you fuck another one. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it yeah. goes. Um, I, I do want to say, uh, Ed has the exact correct level of disgusting genes that your average mechanic has. I know this. Yeah, absolutely. Firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> that is what all my dad's genes look like, no matter how many times you wash them. 
they were at the police department where Cooper's kind of just reviewing the clues they've collected so far. Um, they've yeah. checked out that video from the tape we saw. He also is like, oh, we don't have a key for this diary. Well, let me just rip it open. Dude, I just what are assumed we doing? that was what they were going to do. Yeah. What the fuck? It is, it is a child's diary. Sorry. Yeah, they act like, ooh, we're being a little naughty. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just pops it. He's like, what the fuck? You just popped it open? And it's he's not like, like you just... have her permission to use the key. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> like, it's an equal violation of privacy either way. Diane, the last entry is about asparagus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate Pretty asparagus, sad. and I'm nervous about meeting Jay tonight. No, no, no. Uh, I hate asparagus. I've never liked asparagus. Does this mean I'll never grow up? And it's like, Ugh. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oof. I didn't even think about that in that context. Doofa. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. That, it, hit, it hit hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't that know. One, that, ugh. Ugh. Ow. Yeah. Yikes. But, uh, yeah, then he flips to the first page of the diary where there's a little baggie uh, with a cocaine-encrusted safety deposit key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then, I, yeah, and, like, the sheriff is being like, well, no, that can't, no. That's, there's no cocaine. cocaine. You, don't, you didn't know, Laura. Come on. There's no cocaine in this town. Yeah. Drugs? Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so then they, they start, yeah, he says get a court order to open up her safety deposit box, and then he just moves on to the box of chocolate bunnies they took from her room. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> sorry, I forgot the line where he says, I bet it'll test positive for cocaine, and he's like, there's no way. And he just looks at, he looks at the sheriff dead in the eyes, he goes, you ever been surprised before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I busted up, that was funny. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, and then, yeah, he goes, uh, like, I'm holding a box of, uh, you know, chocolate bunnies. <laughs> yeah. And then smash cut to that to Andy discovering the abandoned train car where the awful murder happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. Just Andy sobbing on the phone because he found, in his words, the, uh, the place that Ronette and Laura were taken and tortured. Yep. And he asks uh, Lucy to tell the sheriff that he didn't cry. While he's crying. Yes, as he's yeah. just yeah. sobbing Mid- uncontrollably. Yeah. Listen, I understand. Yeah! And, yeah. and Lucy is, is there for him. And you also know what, is actually, like... <laughs> you know what, actually? Andy and Lucy are married, and they are not cheating on each other. <laughs> Man, if these two start cheating on each other, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Your entire world will fall apart. <laughs> this is the only this is the only stability I have in this show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley interrupted you. No, yeah. It's Yeah, I was just saying we all love Lucy. <laughs> so true. We've been saying this since the sixties. Fifties? <laughs> I have no idea when that show started. Yeah, uh-huh. I love Lucy, yeah, 50s, 1951. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was in uh, Batman the Animated Series. Who, Lucille Ball? No, uh... No. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> uh, Man, I wish! <laughs> yeah. 
Kimmy Robertson, the person who plays Lucy. Got it. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, I thought I re- remember something where she, like, wasn't in, like, a lot else. Uh-huh. Um, and it mostly looks like she did, like, a lot of, like, voice work, which makes sense, because she's got, like, a really, uh, like, a notable voice. Yeah, she's got a very distinctive voice. It's very high-pitched. Yes. Um, but no, she actually worked a lot, but, uh, yeah, and also Twin Peaks is 1990 to 1991. Okay, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was 1991 or 91 to 92. Um, but yeah, so then we get to, um, they're interrogating Bobby with his lawyer here, who is, like, doing his best to make Bobby act polite in front of the cops, but that's impossible. It's not gonna work. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, they ask him just a simple question, and he freaks out, and Dale just, like, grins, and he's like, Bobby, buddy, I'm gonna ask you some (laughs) questions, you're gonna answer them, that's all that's gonna happen here, man. Now shut the fuck up and answer my question. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, yeah. like, uh, and like he like uh, he, he types on a graph like a calculator. He did not do it. Yeah, in the middle of the interrogation, he's just yeah, to let uh Truman know that He's just like I'm just here to fuck with him at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, like see what he does and but he's just like, "Yeah, I ask you the questions and you answer them." <laughs> yeah. Now, briefly you murder her to the point. <laughs> No, no, no. He asks if you murdered him the second he sits down. Yeah. It's yeah. Hey, did you kill her? No. But then uh, he shows Bobby the videotape they got from Laura's room, and it is a video of her and Donna just, like, laughing and dancing out in the woods. Now, I must say, not to yeah. be like this. Okay. The The real relationship happening here is Donna and Laura. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I know James is filming this, but those two are smooching. It definitely, like, they've, like, experimented with each other for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can only b- smash food against somebody else's face for so long. <laughs> Before you start smashing Before your you, face into yeah. their face. That's what I'm saying. Um, I feel like like this is, like, one of those, like, very iconic parts of Twin Peaks is this video. Yeah, very much so. Just because it's like, oh, it's, you know, innocence right before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Horrible, right? Yeah, because it's just you. This is the first time you see Laura doing anything other than laying out on a like examining table, and she's just very like happy and bubbly. She's having a great time. Yeah. yeah. And Bummer uh, about like six hours later. Uh huh. Yep. And then uh yeah, Bobby's like Cooper's asking him like, all right, well, who fucking shot this? If it wasn't you, who took these pictures, Bobby? <laughs> I keep on referring it to his pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was just a thing people did or if Cooper's being weird. <laughs> all, all is possible. I'm guessing uh, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, the thing I really like is, yeah, he does say, he does, like, type that out when he asks, the lawyer asks, what are you charging him with? And then uh, Cooper does write that down for uh, the sheriff. The, you know, he didn't do it. Um, and then does not answer the question. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. He's just, I'm just gonna ignore you for a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a name, Bobby. Just tell me. Here's a hint. It starts with J. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, Bobby just kind of gives him nothing. Oh, by the way, the sheriff's name, full name is Harry S. Truman, the name of that the president true. that <laughs> nuked Japan. He did do that. <laughs> not, yes. not sure why, he just is. Yeah, and like, yeah, Cooper's like, that will be hard to remember, yeah. or hard to forget. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yeah, then we're back at the Great Northern, where Audrey's just being a little stinker. <laughs> little 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 scamp. She's uh, just just causing problems for the concierge for no reason. On purpose. On purpose. I assumed that was her mother. Yeah, it's I probably think that's a reasonable not. assumption to make. They have similar hair, and why else would she just be sitting here with her? Yeah. I I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. that I is the vibe I, here. I think I think it's just some random person that she makes like that it's the like Daughter of the boss, so she, yes. the, she can't do shit. Yeah, that exactly. Is absolutely possible. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what it is. Um, and then Audrey gets like she like stabs a pencil into the side of her coffee cup and just is like, "Hey, what'd you do if I pulled this out?" And the concierge is just like, "Don't." And then she just <laughs> yeah. does it. She just does it. <laughs> just ruins like, all oh. her paperwork. <laughs> I love that she makes no attempt to like move the papers out of the way. Because this ch- this girl, clearly about to do this. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> makes no effort to try and stop it from happening. She just, she's accepted that that's what's going to happen today. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Audrey wanders in and tells all these Norwegian men that uh, her friend was found on the shore. Yeah, I love her. Like, she comes in here while they're all like going over the contract and she's just posing sadly until like one by <laughs> one they all kind of turn their attention to her yeah. and the like head Norwegian guy's like what is the problem pretty girl uh, is there something wrong said pretty girl yeah uh, that pretty girl? I, I just like the way she delivers these lines she's like they found my friend Laura dead she'd been murdered <laughs> really putting on the high school uh, play uh-huh. acting that she's she's known for. Yeah. Uh, Bobby gets released because you know he didn't do it, and uh, he starts talking to Mike about how they got to find some guy with a first name of Jay who's a fucking biker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it turns out Lucy's been typing up their whole conversation. It's true. Because Lucy's on the fucking ball. Lucy is yeah. on the ball. Um, but. The, the information that they would have gotten from that is that they're looking for a biker. Uh, but Dale has already figured this out because he's using the 90s most powerful camera. <laughs> well, this is how Bobby figures it out while he's watching the video in the interrogation. I thought Bobby just knew that Laura was probably seeing a biker. Yeah, I thought, I thought the implication I thought he just was he knew saw was. The, the motorcycle reflected in her eye at the end of the video, and that's why he knows it's a J with a bike. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. at the very like last frame of the video, Laura's so close to the camera that you can see the headlight of a motorcycle in the uh, yeah. in the video. And that, uh, yeah, like that's like the first, like, Cooper's like, I'm a, I'm a cool guy. I know I can out. find out things. Yeah. Uh, we also get, like, him questioning Donna while showing her the video because he's trying to figure out who shot it. And she comes up with a very bad lie about, oh, yeah, we just met a hiker who did it for us. And, like, good mix of, like, her trying to lie to get this right. Yeah. Like, and, like, not 
indict, you know, uh, James or anyone. Right. And also, like, her just fucking breaking down from it. Yeah, like, she's trying to commit to the lie, like, as she's sobbing, and it's like, it it wasn't believable before, and now it's even more so. Yes. It's a good scene. Yeah, I like it's Donna. Good. Yeah. Donna's great. Um, and then we get Oh yeah, then we cut to James. This fucking guy. Who's just, you know, sulking out in the wilderness. <laughs> oh yeah, and this is where we see he's got that heart locket. Yes. Cause they Yeah. yeah they, they already brought up the heart locket like in the video that Laura has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we haven't seen the the heart locket <clears throat> at the scene of the crime yet, have we? I don't uh, we're remember. About to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's like that's the next scene after okay, the Norwegians okay. leave. And the Norwegians are leaving. Yeah, uh-huh. they are leaving. They are not. <laughs> the desk clerk property. is just hammering the bells. Just the Norwegians are leaving over and over. Audrey is delighted by this. Yeah, she loves it. She has destroyed her father's investment uh, business plan, and it is uh, just the most fun thing she's ever done. I don't understand this girl. <laughs> I, I think I think she is an agent of chaos. <laughs> she's the Joker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of last, the Joker, I guess. <laughs> I did last night say she's the Joker, but a lady. <laughs> no, I think she's just a shitty, spoiled, rich kid that likes to fuck with people for fun. Yeah, uh, and you know, number one, her dad. Yeah, yeah and because she's like daddy's little girl, she won't ever get like any like problems. Like she looks almost gleeful when like people are crying over Laura. Yeah, yeah. yeah or she at least doesn't yeah. understand human emotion. Right. She was yeah very performatively uh, like being sad for the Norwegians, but other than that, she has had no real reaction to the news. No, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to them, yeah, investigating the crime scene. Right, right, I remember. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they're I, just shining a flashlight around this yeah. shitty old train car. There's just weird Bad bloody rags here. everywhere. Yeah, it's not good. No good! Yeah, upsetting. And yeah, uh-huh. uh, they find a mound of dirt in the middle of it with the, yeah, half of a heart locket. And a slip of paper uh, that, written in blood, it says, fire, walk with me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, the movie. Pointing at the screen. <laughs> pointing at the yeah. screen. <laughs> 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 That's the name of the thing. That is yeah. the name of the Twin Peaks film. More James sulking out in the woods. There are times uh. where Kyle McLaughlin looks like 10 years older. In uh-huh. any given scene. I think basically if the camera catches him from a downward angle. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I I think if I had to imagine like like the two images of like G Mint to me are uh like Agent Smith. Yeah. And Dale Cooper. Yeah. Because Dale Cooper is like very nice and like genial, but like Something's not right about him. Yeah, especially in this pilot episode, he's like too slick. Yes. There's something about him that seems just a little too like It yeah. looks like he got out of like a hermetic press and then got into that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, who are we talking about? Cooper. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 
Like, his, his hair is just slicked back very hard. His clothes are, like, completely unwrinkled. He's, like, a shade paler than what looks like it would be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, compared to everyone else in the town who has all, like, realistic for screen makeup, realistic for screen hair, uh, clothes, all of that. Yeah. It, you know, he is an outsider, and it just further establishes that. Definitely, definitely. He, like, obviously it's all live action, but he weirdly looks like he is drawn in a different art style than the rest of the show. Yeah, kinda. Uh, now we get, uh, a white, young white man in a Indian war bonnet? Yep. 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 We meet Johnny, who is, uh, Audrey's older brother who has mental disabilities. Oh, okay, I did not figure out what was happening here. Yeah, he is um, kind of shutting down and just banging <clears throat> his head against, like, a dollhouse they have um, because it, Laura isn't coming yeah, to work with like him. Yeah, it seemed like Laura today. was a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his mom is not... Not being very nice about it. Not being very nice about it. It does not seem like Johnny is is in the kind of environment he needs. No. No. And it sucks. Yep. Especially because the horns are fucking rich. They should be able to take care of him better than they seem like they are. You would hope. Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, Cooper and Truman go to the bank to check out Laura's safety deposit box. There's just a giant taxidermy deer head on the table. Because it fell down. Yeah, it fell down. Yeah, it fell, fell down. down. I don't know what you want. And then, it's really funny... <clears throat> when she says it fell down and then like you can't see the plaque of where it was when she says that and yeah. then it like pivots to that side of the room and yeah sure enough there's just like two wires sticking out of a plaque on the wall <laughs> also, very I'm funny. not a like uh, game trophy expert that plaque seems too small for that deer head it does seem too small for the deer head <laughs> I don't know it seems unsurprising to me that it fell off of that And, uh, yeah, they open up the deposit box. They find an absurd amount of money for a high schooler to have. It's like $10,000. Like $10, yeah. yeah. And a copy of Flesh World. Which I thought was, like, a going to be, like, a horror magazine, like Cronenberg shit. Oh, sure. really? I thought porn immediately. Okay. Say what you will about me, I guess. Yeah. I, I have also, like, you know, I've been watching a lot of Carpenter movies and That's shit. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what Cooper says about the money is, that's a lot of Girl Scouts cookies. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, what he says is, that's a lot of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> yeah. that way no one's that's ever right, said right. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, there's a page dog-eared in the Flesh, Word, Flesh World magazine that is like a personal ad from Renette. And that's the the first connection between the two that they've been able to establish. And then, yeah. Uh, and then also the most horrifying shot of a man standing in front of a big rig I have ever seen. Yeah, uh-huh. It's, you know what's really fucked up is when a guy looks at you from far away. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Also, um, I would love to know what that ad was. Like, why <laughs> did Leo put this picture in Flesh World? He just wants you to know that he is out there trucking and fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he's out there and he's looking at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he uh-huh. will see you from his truck. 
Yep. Yeah. He he bought that in case uh, his wife per- picked up a porno mag. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like, hey, <laughs> God, I fucking caught my eye on you. Um, the uh, glee yeah. that with Cooper that Cooper says there's a page marked. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. very excited about it. To be fair, I do think he is very excited about a clue. However, yes, it is. does sound like he's excited to look at some pornography. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, um, and, like, it's just the thing of, like, Harry, like, I knew these people, and, like, uh, Cooper just being like, oh, but we're solving a mystery. Yeah, uh-huh. The, like, there's a degree to which this is a fun game for Cooper. Yeah. Um, uh, we do like a match cut from the creepy personal photo to Shelly and Leo's house. You can't tell that easily, like, uh, in this first episode. Their house is like half finished. Most of it is just wooden slats. Is that Leo? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot Fucking, tell that from here. Yeah, yeah, you can see it at the establishing shot, but it's it's hard to like match that up with, with the inside stuff. Oh, you're right. I didn't even notice that when I was watching this. Yeah, 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 it's like I they think built it, like, the whole house frame and then only finished half the house. I think when you first see it, it is zoomed out enough that yeah. you can't tell that it is half done. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I remember, like, scenes in, like, the next or episode after that that take place in the unfinished part. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, Leo fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, Leo this is, is like, the most extreme, like portrayal of like abusive husband that there is yep he is like yeah. picking through the cigarettes in the ashtray because the brands of cigarettes don't match and that's making him suspicious yeah uh and he just like yells at her for no reason about how like she needs to like clean the fucking house when he's out and now she's only allowed to smoke one brand of cigarette or she he will snap her neck this man is horrifying. Not a good yeah. man. Don't no. care for this. Yeah. Yeah, when we say that characters suck in this, uh, most of the time they are on purpose. Yes. Oh, sucking. yeah, yeah. This man sucks and he's scary. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, and, like, it partly is cartoonish, but partly also, like, sometimes it's cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's what but, is, right. It, it's an extremely exaggerated form of like this trope, yeah. and like I think that's the kind of thing people point to, like, oh, it's a parody of soap operas. But no, like he's legitimately like intimidating. It's yeah. not comfortable. Yeah. Um. But uh, she calls the per- other person that she's fucking. Right. Uh, which is Ed. Oh, which, Norma does. You mean Norma? Yeah. 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 Uh, which I get. Yeah. yeah. Rough day. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed is and not going home to uh, whatever her name is. Oh, Nadine. Yeah. But Nadine. we did see he hung the drapes. He did he what did he was He did hang asked. the drapes, and she is having a grand old time. <laughs> Just whipping them open and closed. Yep. She looks like she's trying to do semaphore with the drapes. <laughs> and Ed's just like, um, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Why am I in this relationship? Uh, yeah. Um... Cooper, they're at a town hall, and Cooper's extremely excited about rabbits. Yeah. He thinks he saw a cottontail one. But, but it must have been a snowshoe rabbit. Uh-huh. He's like, and he's, he's yeah, like, he's oh, like a, a snowshoe rabbit. It's like, oh, shit. 
Yeah. And he's like, oh, who's the babe? And, like, this is basically just Truman's excuse to give, like, the yeah, audience the a little intro to every character that that's a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, there's Josie Packard, the most beautiful woman in town. In the, in the it's state. It's like, all right, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> now, to be fair, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. No, listen. I Listen, I said I like her look already, but, like. Right. We're going to learn that he's fucking her. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. He is, he is laying it on thick here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's laying it thick. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho, unfortunately, that pipe brother. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just giving us a little blurb on just a bunch of characters we've seen, like Ben Horn, the owner of the Great Northern. Uh, and he's like, you know, cozying up to Josie because we know he wants to buy her land. Yep. Uh, we learned that, like, Catherine is Josie's sister-in-law, and, like, her brother used to own the mill, but he died and left it all to Josie, which is why there's so much, like, friction between them. Sorry, man, it's kind of normal to leave shit to your wife. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's time to start the meeting, and uh, a woman holding a log over in the corner just starts flicking the lights <laughs> to get people to quiet down. And after all these little, like, expositions and all these characters still ask, oh, who's the lady with the log? Nah, eh, we just call her the log lady. <laughs> That's the log lady? You know what? I knew, I knew it was coming, but still fucking slap. No Good fucking joke. idea. Beautiful. When they, uh, like, syndicated this show, they went back and uh, added bits to the front of every episode that just like the log lady in her cabin giving a little monologue about like the themes of the upcoming episode god (laughs) uh the scarecrow the uh, video store that i often mention has a replication of the log great they have like a little like plush log bro it's a log (laughs) it's just wood yeah, it's it was it's plush like someone knitted it. All right. Yeah, like just as an example, this is her speech from like this episode. Welcome to Twin Peaks. My name is Margaret Lanterman. I live in Twin Peaks. I'm known as the Log Lady. There's a story behind that. There are many stories in Twin Peaks. Some of them are sad. Some funny. Some of them are stories of madness, of violence. Some are ordinary. Yet they all have about them a sense of mystery. The mystery of life. Sometimes the mystery of death. The mystery of the woods. The woods surrounding Twin Peaks. To introduce this story, let me just say it encompasses the all. It is beyond the fire, though few would know that meaning. It is a story of many, but it begins with one, and I knew her. The one leading to the many is Laura Palmer. Laura is the one. And she just does a little bit like that for every episode. I kind of just prefer her being Lady with Log. Yeah! Yeah, uh, well, that's way better. We, we meet the mayor, who is the oldest man in the world. <laughs> yes! <laughs> who elected this man? <laughs> I feel like th- this is, this is like, he's the only person that, run- that ran, and no one, like, yeah, sure, Bob can do it. This isn't in the show, but if I remember right, there's, like, some EU shit that is, like, him and his brother have traded off the mayorhood of Twin Peaks for, like, their entire lives. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. No term limits. Right. Uh, But yeah, Cooper has gathered everyone at this town hall meeting to let them know that he has reason to believe that the person that killed Laura Palmer and tried to kill Renette 
uh, was also the murderer of a woman known as Teresa Banks. Um, and so, you know, this seems like it is a serial killing, and there's really no reason to believe it will stop. So he's, like, it, like instating a curfew in the town until they catch the killer. Yeah. Yeah. He'll remind you that these crimes happened at night. They did indeed. Yeah. yeah. Or at least I guess I assume they happened at night. Right. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, his that's line is like, I will remind her. you that yeah. these crimes Oh, I know, I know. Night. But I'm, I'm saying, like, I guess we don't know that for sure. I guess we don't know that for sure. But, yeah, like, we know, you know that... Laura went, Laura, Laura went uh, missing overnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And showed up pretty early the next morning. Yeah. 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 Um... We haven't talked about it much. I do like all the little, like, intercut shots they do for, like, switching scenes. Like, we've seen shots of just, like, trees blowing in the wind. Or after this, you get, like, a long shot of, like, a green traffic light turning to red. Because it's yep. getting spooky out. That's how you know it's nighttime now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doc Hayward is at home talking to his wife about, uh, like, just the murder investigation throughout the day that he's kind of been in on. Yeah. And he explains to her that it seems like Donna might have information that for some reason she's withholding from the police. That uh, the cops think Donna knows who has the other half of that heart locket. Yep. And Donna's listening to this from upstairs like, ah, shit, I gotta get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Maybe, um, maybe don't tell your wife this in the middle of the open room where Donna can hear you. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I just need to say this loud enough so that Donna <laughs> can hear upstairs. Uh, meanwhile, Donna's sister, whose name I don't know, is just trying to write a poem. That's true. <laughs> she has a pillow that says Swell Gal on it. <laughs> Everyone's house in Twin Peaks looks like it was designed by a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I like the sister, especially for how quickly she will fucking bend on this. <laughs> Donna asks her, like, hey, listen, I'm going to sneak out the window. I'm going to need you to cover for me. All right, but you got to, like, go get air in my bike tire. All right, deal. And then, yeah, like, instantly, <laughs> she's going to just tell her dad. But it's you know like, what? Listen, dad, she's right. I'm going to tell you straight. <laughs> I didn't really know what she was supposed to do in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, like, if if my, you know, I do not, I'm an only child, I do not have a sister. Yeah. Uh, but if my sister snuck out right after her best friend had just gotten murdered. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I might, would maybe I might be tell like somebody about that one. Yeah, like, <laughs> go ahead, check on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike and Bobby show up, they drive up drunk, and Bobby decides to <laughs> pretend his car is a surfboard. Well, Mike tries to get Donna, uh, but, you know, he just missed her. Yeah, Mike's saying, like, oh, don't worry, Bobby's doing most of the driving. Not helping. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Well, that also, yeah, uh, Doc Hayward just like, you boys aren't out drinking and driving, are you? Well, sir, we're all pretty broken up about what happened to Laura. <laughs> like, yeah, <that's- laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that's not helping. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then, right, so uh, 
the doctor tries, to, I don't even know his first fucking name. He's just Doc to me. <laughs> Goes upstairs to try to get Donna and uh, finds out that she's gone. And yeah, her sister just immediately is like, Dad, I'm going to tell it to you straight. You see that you see window that over window? there? <laughs> <laughs> you see that window? You can climb through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, Harriet, that's, the, that, that's Donna's sister. Too. Harriet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the dad goes downstairs and is like, well, my daughter's missing. So if you find her give me a shout. <laughs> yeah. And Mike's just like, oh, we'll find her. You don't got to worry about that. And then I'm I would stop this child. Her. Yeah. I would now, I would now say, okay, you have to stay here. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm going to start driving around looking for her. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, Doc Hayward just watches his two drunk, angry teenage boys drive off into the night. Sure does. And he's like, well, I'm sure they'll find my daughter. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hayward calls the cops to ask them to, you know, look out for Donna. And, uh, you know, they, they say that they will. Um, and, yeah, tr- uh, Cooper's just like, well, yeah, of course she snuck out because she's leading us to James. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, we do get the great bit of Lucy going, OK, I'm going to transfer you to the police car. Like, you know, uh-huh. Harry, I got, you know, the doctor on the line, so I'm going to transfer him through. <laughs> I, yeah. It's a really simple bit, but I just love that she over-explains everything she does. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh-huh. good. And I could listen to her over-explain everything she does for days. <laughs> yeah, the, the theory I remember hearing someone talk about with Lucy, which I like, is the idea that, like, nobody knew how the fucking phone system worked when it got installed, and she's the only one that bothered to figure it out, and she hasn't caught up to the fact that people understand it now and she doesn't have to keep explaining everything. <laughs> I just, I listen, I know people who are kind of like that. Yeah, for sure. I just think, yeah, she's, she's yeah. a nice person who wants to explain it. Yeah, I like Lucy. <laughs> but there's some real shitheads on this show, also some good folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it's like in small towns. Yeah. That are 50,000 people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They got three uh, cops for 50,000 people. Man, tough, yeah. tough beat. <laughs> they have more cops, like, when they're outside the train car and shit, but those guys are never actually around. Yeah. That's true. I, I also, this is, like, in the this is one of those things I always hear about, like, with Columbo, of this is the halls of, well, yeah, it's technically cop media, but... Right. Eh. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, it, it, I just like it though. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everyone's so nice on it. Right. Listen. They're yes. not nice. This is not a realistic portrayal of the cops because the cops are nice, well-meaning people actively trying to make their community a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're staking out the roadhouse where um, I think her name is Julie Cruz. That singer is doing the vocal rendition of the Twin Peaks theme song. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, there's been, throughout this, there's, like, that weird kind of, like, low synth. Yeah. That's, like, the score of this. And, yeah, she's singing to it. Which, in this cavernous biker bar. Uh Uh-huh. That apparently everyone goes to. Yeah, yeah. It's just the cool bar in town. Stephen King hates it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but when they, like, 
do like a, a wide shot later of the inside of the it like it's very obviously on a sound stage it just looks like it would just extend forever yeah <laughs> if you keep on pulling out also it seems like uh like this place is a dress code you're not allowed in without a leather jacket that is true i think ed is trying to because ed's and uh norma are here yeah uh, and, uh, I think Ed is trying to be incognito. Uh-huh. He put on his clean jeans. He did put on his clean jeans. <laughs> I put on my best denim for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> this place, the, the roadhouse, like, this, it's official name. Like, it's got a neon sign up front that says The Bang Bang Bar. It's all just dudes in leather jackets if not for, like, if I was listening to this on mute, I would just assume the soundtrack for this scene was bad to the bone on loop. <laughs> Instead of this, like, sad synth love ballad that people are slow dancing to. Uh, when the fight breaks out and she continues singing, it is among one of the best things. It's really good, yeah. Um, yeah. and then also speaking of best things... Mm. Uh, we cut outside, and Cooper is whittling. He's whittling, because whittling is what you do in a town where a yellow light means slow down, not speed up. What does that mean, Dale? <laughs> because, you know, in the in the hustle and bustle of the big city, you get to a yellow light, and y'all, okay, you're no. in such a rush, you just gotta, you know, floor it to get through it. But out here, you guys take life a little easier, and I like that about you. Which like, what okay. the fuck are you talking about, Dale? <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess what I was getting at is, what the fuck are you talking about, Dale? <laughs> also what? what I was getting at, but thank you. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> <laughs> I'm from California. <laughs> you don't think I didn't know yellow means go fast? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> the fuck? And Harry is just as confused. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Harry doesn't say it, but like he's gonna. Like, All right, don't patronize me. This is why. This is why I made that post. <laughs> it's a good post. Like, Molly was fucking losing it last <laughs> night. It was very late. Yeah. <laughs> like anyway. Cooper's itinerary. Itinerary today. He met with. A brutalized, comatose teenage girl inspected the corpse of another teenage girl, discovered that girl was on cocaine and involved in some kind of, like, some kind of illicit activity, uh, you know, involving a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, inspected a creepy fucking train car full of blood, and then decided to whittle himself a little whistle because this is just a nice little small town. <laughs> He's having a good day. Like... <laughs> You'd rather be here than Philly. Fuck is wrong with you, Dale? <laughs> He's got the problem. Yeah, um, Ed and Norma are talking about how they should both divorce their spouses and uh, just, like, officially, like, start going out publicly. Yeah. Um, but it turns out Norma's uh, husband is in prison and might be out on parole soon. So Ed's He's a little skittish about it. He's in prison for manslaughter. It. Yeah. So Ed's just like... Ah. I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, the boys come in and I guess no one's checking ID here. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, 
They don't have ID in small towns. No, no, no. Uh, and then yeah, Donna shows up. Uh, Dale gives a big old thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a fight breaks out. Yep. Yeah, because Mike starts yelling at Donna. Ed tries to like make him back off. Bobby attacks Ed, and then just the whole place bursts out into a brawl. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the the music continues, and it's just great. Yeah. And meanwhile, some of James's biker buddies sneak Donna out. I I think the most unrealistic part of this episode is that James has friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It appears that like James is part of a like a larger biker gang. Uh huh. And like gang in terms of like you know group of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, come on. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Also, in the uh. On Hulu, where I watched this, in the subtitles, there's a bit of Japanese, like, there's a kanji there just for a second uh-huh. in the subtitles. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I didn't see that. But, um, yeah, the, yeah, the biker rides off with Donna, Dale and Truman try to pursue them, but lose them in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and, like... Harry starts getting like worried. Like, I, I said that she was all right to the dad. Like, what if she isn't all right? Like, what if something happens? Well, you know, when we lost her. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Cooper's like, just keeping my bad. Cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Donna and James meet out in the woods where it's like pitch black, and they start talking about what happened last night. That uh. James was with Laura, and she was, like, possessed or something. She was just, uh, you know, she didn't seem like herself. She was just talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. She says that Bobby killed a guy. And uh, then when he had to stop at a traffic light, she started screaming that she loved James and then ran off into the woods. And that was the last he saw her. it, It honestly sounds like she... Is, was like having like a bipolar episode. Yes, one hundred percent. Like it, it definitely feels like no one in this town knows what mental health is. No, well, what we've seen what their psychiatrist looks like. Yeah. 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 And yeah, like James is clearly very disturbed by it, you know, especially because if he had tried harder to stop her from running off, then maybe he, you know, she would have survived. Yeah. And uh Donna is like upset by all this, but is also like, you know, he's mentioning that like Laura was saying that Donna doesn't even know her that well, and she's like, "No, I, I knew her better than she thought I did." Yeah. Um <laughs> and they both just start crying and then they both start making out. And James is like, oh, jeez. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. Way to beat. I changed my mind. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. He, in my head, he does sound like all of our versions of Tavros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing you could say about someone. He, he is definitely the Tavros of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I, need, I need to make an edit right now. <laughs> God. 
But yeah, uh, James has the other half of the locket, and he's worried that uh, that's going to lead the cops to him. So they decide to bury it out in the woods. By out in the woods, they do mean right under where they're making out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directly like, oh, cool. from where they're standing. A right, cool right. rock. Yeah, they, they mark it with a little rock, and then they ride off into the night and just leave it there. No one can ever find that. Yeah. I like I had forgotten the ending of this episode, so I was like, oh, it's like... I wonder if even they can refine it. Right, yeah. And they're like, oh, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Cooper and Truman were just kind of, like, hanging out at where the the street leaves the woods so that they could just catch him when they left. And uh, they arrest James and get Donna in the car to take her to her dad. Uh, and, yeah, they, they release Donna into her dad's custody, and they throw James in jail... Uh, yeah, d- in a d- different d- cell from Mike and Bobby. Yeah, Doc Dad is good. Doc Dad is yes. good. Kind man. He's a nice he, dad. Where he's yeah, like, he's like, all right, listen, it, it, it worried me, and I, I think you know that, and so I think you know that, like, what you did, like, had consequences, but also I know that you must have had a good reason. Yeah. So let's go get your daughter's... Or your your sister's bike from the roadhouse and pump up that tire like you promised her. Yep. It's sweet. It's good uh, stuff. Yeah. Doc Hayward is played by Mark Frost's dad. Aw. Yeah. Aw. Uh, meanwhile, Mike and Bobby get, like, possessed by demons or something <laughs> and just start barking like dogs at James. Yeah. James has not moved a fucking inch since he got put in the cell. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just step away from the door, man. Uh huh. You're just standing there looking very sad, and it's really upsetting to me because I don't like looking at you. It's all he can do. <laughs> I know it's all he can do, but it's worse than usual. Uh huh. I know what his usual. He had a baseline in that fucking classroom. Yeah. And I guess when he was looking out on the mountains, like, damn, shouldn't have made out with her before she died. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, um. Anyway. A lot of donuts. Anyway, donut time. Yeah. Let's get some fucking donuts, dude. Yeah, like, because Cooper's like, let's get some donuts. Do yeah. you think, do you think they re-put the same donuts out all the time? Because you could see clearly different amounts of each kind of donut going on here. Well, yeah, so, but. I think they don't eat the chocolate ones. They do eat the, f- the, the powdered ones. Uh-huh. Uh, and there are very few glazed. All the crumb ones are there. Look at that. So many crumb donuts. Yeah, yeah. I just think that they've been eating the same donuts for a while. I ugh, That this can't be. Hypothesis. Donuts do not stay fresh that long, especially if you, like, take them out of the box. They don't. I think they got a random number of fake donuts from their prop department. Well, I think that's fucking true, but I'm having a little fun here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We do do well, a comedy Luke podcast. Made fun of my fucking, Luke made fun of my fucking Dale Cooper impression at the beginning of the episode. It was so sad. <laughs> Can't let Molly have this fucking bit about donuts for two seconds. Yeah, exactly. God. Good impression of me. <laughs> uh, now we just need Molly to fucking roast me and we'll complete the triangle. That's every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a rock, paper, scissors thing. I beat Ashley, Ashley beats Molly, Molly beats me. Yeah. 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 
I think that's generally true. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that might track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, Lucy every night puts out like a whole fucking just buffet of donuts for the cops. This seems like wasteful. Uh And decaf. Again, there's three cops here. It's like it's like five donuts per cop. That's too many donuts. No one should have that many donuts. Especially because Dale eats like half of one and is like, "All right, I'm. I need a hotel." Oof, a lot of donut. Uh, yeah, Dale. Uh, this is like, all right. Uh, yeah. So, sheriff, I need you to get me a hotel with a good rate. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, no, I, I can get you a good rate at the Great Northern." Because let me tell you about these fucking hotels. <laughs> he just comes on a whole rant. He's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get you." I, at the I, Great I can Northern. get you a good rate. <laughs> I just love that line. Yeah, it's it's a really good little exchange. Yeah, great way to end this episode. Uh, well, it's not the end end, but... Not quite the end. Dale, uh, yeah, heads off to go get his room set up, I guess, and Truman uh, heads out. You know, it's like mid past midnight at this point, and he goes up to the, like, lodge next to the lumber mill to go make out with Josie Packard. Ah. Is... So... I don't think we've seen any other, like, significant other for Harry. No, yeah, he is not no, cheating on anybody. No, this is not cheating. Okay, so he, okay, still good. Yeah, Harry is the one person that doesn't cheat in Twin Peaks. Well, I guess in Lucy and Andy. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, is it Josie? Yeah. She, technically, single. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. they're you know what? They're doing okay. They're good. But Catherine is spying on them and is reporting the fact that Truman is here to somebody on the phone. Bro. Bro, chill. Yeah. Oh, I guess it was to Ben, because it cuts to Ben playing with, like, a little model ship or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm supposed to like her, huh? I think you'll like her. It's gonna ruin these two? (laughs) Mm. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, I've been wrong about things. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Josie and Truman are just kind of like both thinking about like, oh, fuck, like, that's fucked up that Laura died. And it cuts to her, Laura's smooch, mom, smooch, smooch. who is just like laying on the couch, kind of half asleep. And she starts having like a vision. And it gets weird because like it's handheld camera footage for the first time in this show of somebody just like picking through the woods and finding the rock that they buried the locket under. Yeah. And it just, like, a gloved hand reaches in and pulls it out while uh, Sarah, like, bolts up and starts screaming. Man, I did not pick out that it was supposed to be, like, some kind of vision for her. I thought it was just, like, intercut. Oh, sure. Yeah, I also just thought it was intercut. <laughs> I took it as her having some kind of vision, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> That's the first episode of Twin Peaks. Twin of Peaks. Twi- of Twin Peaks. Yeah. What, Good. Do you, what do you think so far? Uh, as I, I said before, this fucking rips. Yeah. I like it. So, last time, uh, <laughs> at the end of Reprise Falls, 
I asked both of you to message me who you thought killed Laura Palmer, and you both told me the same answer, so why don't you just tell... Like, the people should know where you're standing, right? Yeah, sure. I, Bob. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bob. Because because we have both watched the Bob documentary that John Boyce did, and he mm-hmm. just offhand mentions this guy, uh, mm-hmm. who you can see in the frame of this. I, I looked because I realized it was that scene. Yeah, he's oh, there. Oh, yes, okay, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. I was going to bring it up once Bob got introduced yep. more formally, but yes. No, he's right there. Sarah is, like, bolting up and screaming, you can see Bob reflected in one of her mirrors. Yeah. I uh, knew it before the John Boys thing. I knew it from, like, learning fun facts about movies and TV shows, because what you're saying here is a very well-known kind of yeah. fun fact. I might have known it before the John Boyce thing, but that is, like, where I most recently had that refresher. Yeah, so I, I think I'm blanking on the... Frank Silva is the the actor that plays Bob. He was, like, a... Like, he was a crew guy on the show, and he was just, like, setting up uh, the set of Laura's bedroom, and David Lynch was watching him, he's like... This creepy guy in this teenage girl's bedroom is weird and upsetting. I should see if this guy can act. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then while they were editing the footage of this, they saw that they fucked up and accidentally caught him in the mirror. And I was like, well, okay, if he's going to secretly be in the mirror of this shot, that's going to be the... Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, So, Frank Silva is credited in the credits as Killer Bob. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, in this say, episode? What's that? Is it is it credited in this episode? I don't think in this episode. Okay. Yeah, but like he's going to have a speaking role pretty soon here. That's so fucking funny. And yeah, he's Killer Bob. I will say there is more to this mystery. Like, it's not wrong oh, I that don't Bob is the killer, it. but there's more to it than that. I don't doubt it. I, I realize there's going to be weird shit happening here, but. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, um, I'll say you're not as spoiled on the mystery as it might feel like you are. No, it's fine. I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I I'm just like watching felt television. like that was the, the case before I. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, there's that's... already more happening here than I thought there was. So sure. It, it, the thing about this small town is that it's got a dark secret side. What? <laughs> now, people keep saying this to me. <laughs> I think I have the intro, which is uh, the podcast with the dark secret. <laughs> I don't have any dark secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this picture of James in our chat, actually? I thought it was Why important. did you stretch his head? I didn't. It's a popular meme, apparently. To oh, okay. Yeah, people like posting pictures of James with his forehead stretched out. I feel bad for him because he very much looks like a teenager who just <laughs> has not finished growing into his own face yet. But <laughs> and, and his face will continue to grow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This kid sucks, though. Yeah, J- James sucks. In my defense, he sucks. James sucks, Bobby sucks, Mike sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Audrey like, kinda yeah. sucks, but in a different way. Who? Audrey. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, but everyone else, they like suck on purpose. Yeah. Audrey's at I, least I, funny. I yeah, yeah, I understand why they suck. James just kinda sucks. <laughs> he's not yeah, the th- the thing I feel with James is he's not supposed to, and that makes it worse. Right. <laughs> you know. 
Oh, James. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we uh, decided not to do questions this week because yep. this is already a two-hour episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm so glad we. we didn't do an intro or outro. Yeah. Yep, well, we're going to do an outro. But well, yes, like, I realize this, but I'm just saying. like that yeah, quest- yeah. Questions counts as the outro that I'm thinking of. No, I understand, yes. Again, can't let you have anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this was the pilot episode, a.k.a. episode zero, a.k.a. episode one, a.k.a. Northwest Passage. Uh, and next week we're going to talk about Episode 2, a.k.a. Episode 1, a.k.a. Traces to Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I uh, like you said, I really liked it. I think all of this really fucking rules. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... There's gonna be ups and downs along the way, but it starts very strong. Oh, yeah, yeah listen. But... Yeah, I, I am feeling good about this choice, and I'm really happy to finally watch all of this. Yeah, I think we're going to get through the whole first season pretty high on it. Yeah, it's fair. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, But yeah, do we want to just close this out here? Uh, sure. I don't have anything else to say. Luke, where can find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as... Uh, MCU Complete Me, where right now we're doing the miniseries The Matrix Has You at Hello. <laughs> God. Uh, because for some reason we're just trapped in Jerry Maguire references for life. I guess so. Uh, where we're talking about the Matrix movies. Uh, we put out the episode of the first Matrix. We've recorded the second episode with special guest Jackson of Abnormal Mapping. Not totally sure when that's coming out, but it'll be there eventually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and you can also find me on Eidolon Playtest. What's up? This, <laughs> this post actually just made us rancid. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I edited to James to be Tavros. You sure did. This is the dog shit worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm right, and I should say it. No, you're absolutely right, is the thing. Well, tell the people about Eidolon Playtest. You're right. I'd Playtest is an actual play RPG podcast that IGM. Uh, it's two different campaigns, at least in alternating weeks. Um, it is playtesting the game Eidolon Become Your Best Self, which me and Molly wrote together. It's a good game. It's inspired by Persona and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. If you're enjoying that Stone Ocean, maybe you'll enjoy it. Also, if you're listening to Stone Ocean, and I guess this could be your first episode of this podcast, technically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen to Eidolon, in my yeah. opinion. Ashley. You can find me at YourLibrain with an underscore Twitter and a dash on Tumblr, and you can also find me at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Give Ashley your Give fucking Ashley your money. Fucking money. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly with Y-E-R. You can find me at audioentropy.com. I need mayo.com. We finally finished Year of the Black Rainbow. It's fucking over. Never reading a Coheed and Cambria book again in my life until we have another book to read. Uh, and then we'll just read the whole thing and not go through it that slowly. <laughs> And then we'll come and say, you know, nothing really happened in this thing. Much yeah. like that book. Uh, and on Journal Updated, we just, uh, our episode on Skyrim's out. We talked about Skyrim and why the other Elder Scrolls games are more fun. Um, <laughs> and um, 
What else? And I'm on Idle on Playtest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can go to audioentropy.com, hit that donate button in the upper hand corner, get us a little money for the website hosting. We'd appreciate it if you did. Um, and also, uh, leave us a review. Tell friends about our podcast that is now about Twin Peaks. Uh, and make sure you just mention real quick that Gravity Falls is dog shit. I, I feel like that's important. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, until next time, damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, sure. You'll know that too. Yeah. Molly knows yet. I, do, I, I Luke, I know the line. Molly's never seen Twin Peaks before. She <laughs> doesn't know the line. <laughs>